Welcome, listeners, to the world's greatest podcast and a happy 2021 to every listener. It's That's the Way the Cookie Crumbles. We're back. Yeah, baby. Feliz Navidad. Yeah, we've had a bit of a hiatus, haven't we, lads? We have, yeah. We had a well-deserved break. I hope you did so, all you uh, beautiful cookie monsters that are listening at home. Uh, not a great year. Hopefully, uh, well, let's definitely make 2021 a better one. Yes, well said, Stan. And uh, we've just got a lot packed in. I know we've had a break. We're just going to have today, we're just going to have a general chit-chat about some teams. We picked a few teams that we're going we're gonna to discuss, see where, what they potentially need in the window and see where they're going to potentially finish in the league, aren't we, Stan? Yeah, we will, yeah. We'll just go over a few, obviously our own, um, because we're a bunch of biased bastards, and then we pick three. Three others that we'll have a chit-chat. We were in a deposition now to, to the last pod, or maybe this time last year, or or whatever, maybe for good reasons or bad reasons. Uh, stay tuned and find out. So we're going to start off on the blue side of Manchester, of course, Jim's Manchester City and where are they going to finish? Because at first, Jim, it looked like it looked like they, they, they couldn't click without David Silva, and now they look like City of old, so to speak, with big results against Chelsea and so yeah. on. Yeah, something's changed at City, whether I think personally, was talking to me, Dad, last the other day, I was saying, you know, we're playing the same style, but we're just scoring more goals. But I think the lads have been a bit bolstered by... What Liverpool seem to be doing or not doing, should I say, drawing three times in a row, and it's kind of exists. You are thinking, actually, we can we can win this league. It's not as good as it has been the past three seasons, and um, yeah, defense has just still been solid from the last time we spoke. I think Ruben Diaz has come in and had a, a Van Dyke like effect, certainly on City's back four anyway. And yeah, you just you just mentioned it, big result at Chelsea, which I can't say I expected at all. And it was our best performance of the season. And we'll have a little listen to what you think of that game and what you think of Chelsea against the bigger teams this season in general. And then that I was followed by a derby win. And again, it was brilliant. And in both games, um, they just ran more than the other team and defence was solid. And it seems like they got a bit of a, a pep in the step, if you would. Very nice. Yes, Dan. I know, obviously, United are flying high and we're going to get onto them a little bit later, but what do you think of the, the not-so-noisy neighbours from the Red Side um, Manchester? Yeah, they seem to have perked up. Jim's right. I don't know if that's because Liverpool have um, maybe struggled to be as good as they were for the last couple of seasons. I don't know. Um, but City tend to do better when they get a, a sniff of, of something. Um, I know they, well, they were going in for the league in 2012 and then kind of once they had it they dropped off a little bit so um, yeah maybe maybe they need somebody else to push them a little bit maybe it's difficult for, for them to pick themselves up but um, yeah a few weeks last month or so uh, they look like the, the city of all probably since the last derby game which I'm sure Jim will agree was one of the worst games ever they looked a little bit they had the tail between the legs a little bit I think they were a bit cautious but since then they've uh, They've kicked on and, and, you know, even with the amount of injury, um, I said to Jim before the United game uh, in the semi that, you know, it was still a really good 11 and they've pulled together really, really well. Yeah, they're kicking on. So um, it'll be interesting to see what, what happens uh, in the first six months of 2021 with them. Yeah, after that, nil nil. <laughs> I think I looked at both United and City and thought there's just no way one of these two teams wins the title. 
But then since then, United and City have been getting good results and Liverpool haven't. And I've kind of come to accept that the winner of this year's title is, is not going to be as strong as it has been for the past even four years. For a while, probably. Honestly, it might be since Leicester. Um, and that's no, yeah. um, I don't know, discrediting that whoever does eventually win the title. It's just one of them seasons anyway. When you pack so much football into a tight yeah. schedule, you're not going to get the quality you would get in previous seasons. So I've kind of come to accept the fact that this city's side, while it's not been as good as it has been, it could win the title. And that's the same for the United side at the minute. Yeah, I think... Um... I don't know whether I said it on the pod, but I think the winner of the Leeds title this season will be in the 80s rather than the 90s of the last two or three seasons. But um, obviously City are, are rising up the table and, and you know, and performances are back as well. But I think Liverpool and City have maybe joined the rest of us, Cook. I don't know about you in terms of the quality over the last few years underneath City and Liverpool. Um, I do obviously think the fixture congestion has... has been a big issue for all of the teams this season. I think it was inevitable that there would be teams dropping points all over the place. But the standard and the consistency of the rest of the league below Liverpool and City hasn't been there for for quite a while for me. But I do agree that whoever wins the league this season will probably be in the 80s and it'll probably be, it sounds silly, but probably the worst title winner since Leicester, if that is even a thing, to be the worst title winner. Or if anybody even cares about being the worst title no, winner, it probably he, will be that. You won't care at all. <laughs> exactly. No. Exactly. You, you're obviously not going to care about that, but just want to get your thoughts on a player that's putting some stellar performances at the moment, Jim. Ilkay Gundogan obviously turned up big against New, Newcastle, big performer in that game, same against Chelsea. I watched him both in these games and I thought, this is the player that City signed. This is the guy that was raising the hype at Dortmund. And I know he's just probably having a little bit of a uh, an upkeep in form, but he's, he's ticking City over at the moment, it looks like. Yeah, I would say that since we probably last spoke on this podcast, uh, since that United game, and, uh, the one tactical change at City have probably been as Ilkay Gundogan's positioning. I mean... He's getting in the box a lot. I mean, I watch him and think, Jesus Christ, I'm having my fantasy team. Because <laughs> um, he, he, he's, like, he's like that third runner. He runs into the box onto like cutbacks and stuff. And he's, he's scored quite a few goals lately. Um, but yeah, Pep's first signing. It's obviously Pep's favourite City player because he seems to play no matter what form he's in. And yeah, he is in just a, a purple patch at the minute for City. And it's great to see. I think another player alongside him would be John Stones, we spoke past it a bit, but he's got to be England's best defender at this point. Like this season, anyway. Um, him and Ruben Diaz seem to actually love defending. Um, especially at the end of the United game, you've seen them both consoling each other and stuff and going into tackles like, like centre-back should do. Yeah, we might even get yeah. to see that lovely back three from the World Cup of Maguire, Stones and Walker yet at the Oros. Who'd have yeah, thought John Stones getting his way back in potentially putting in class performances for City? But then again, well, this is what they pay, this is what they paid for, I suppose. Yeah, quid. well, when I was watching, not the nil nil, but the I don't know what score it was. Was it two nil against United? Whatever. Um, I was yeah. actually thinking that obviously we, we talk about England quite a lot and the centre of positions. If, if you get Stones, Stones likes playing on the right too, and Maguire likes playing on the left. I don't know what they're going to be like together. But I think they're in both in great form this season. Like, yeah. Really, yeah. I think they're both playing at the top of the game. 
Yeah, I think, um, I mean, Diaz has been brilliant since he's come in. I thought he was really good in that second derby. Didn't notice him much in the first because I don't think there was a shot on target. Um, but no, I thought he was really good. And I think he's had a similar effect on Stones. I know, I know that Maguire gets a lot of stick, but a similar effect uh, that Maguire had on Lindelof where you thought maybe there is a centre-back here, maybe you can get some consistency. Um, and I, yeah, definitely for England's sake, I hope that Stones and Maguire can form a partnership because they're playing the best football that they have in the last couple of seasons anyway, definitely. So it's whether they can stay fit, especially for Stones um, and, you know, how much they complement each other with Southgate probably playing Trippier and Ashley Young either side of them because he can't let go of that 2018 World Cup. Yeah, so we'll move from the blue side of Manchester to Salford, straight to the red side, Man United. <laughs> Stan, United could go top of the league at time of recording with a result tonight yeah. against Burnley. Yeah, yeah, they can. I mean, the turnaround that it's been since the end of November, start of December with that City game in there and obviously the midweek before that, we crashed out of the Champions League uh, at Leipzig, which, you know, United and Ollie deserve criticism for that despite I've seen a lot of United fans saying oh well it was the group of death but for me United should be getting through any Champions League group especially when you win against PSG and Leipzig in the first two games the way we dropped off wasn't good enough but like City the way that uh, especially in December United have come back literally in games from, from conceding well in the first half and turning those around far too often I think our third five or six league games of the season we won all of them but went one or two nil down and turned them around the uh, the difference has been you know really good results against Wolves and Villa they're the type of games at home that, that United probably would have drawn and like you say going into the game tonight at, at Turf Moor which we'll know the result of by the time it comes out uh, if United don't lose uh, we go top of the table before we play Anfield um, before we play Anfield before we play at Anfield um, and even even if we do lose it's going to be a mad season and you know we still go to Anfield um, level on points so it's not the end of the world and I'm sure there'll be a lot of points dropped but just yeah the not just from the end of November but from United last January um, has been massive obviously Bruno's been a huge part of that um, but we've had a lot of players like Cavani, Van der Beek, who can't even get near the starting eleven. kind of shows the development of the squad and the progress as a whole. So I think it's there for everybody to see. Um, we're not the finished article at all. Uh, City and Liverpool are still the, the uh, favourites for the title. But um, yeah, Oli deserves backing and he deserves credit for where we are in the league. Uh, still a few issues. Obviously, four semi-finals that we've lost. Um, but I suppose a positive is the fact we've got to those semi-finals and obviously going out of the groups we've still got a couple of hurdles to go but um, yeah no complaints with the league form at all so far this season yeah I think um, he's, he's proved a lot of his his, his doubt was wrong and his naysayers wrong all he's going so far this season but um, I think I think what we will see from United in the, in the coming weeks is that is how long they can stay up near that top because for them it's probably just maintaining getting close to the city in Liverpool and then at the end of the season you never know what can happen because we've seen Spurs do it at the start of this season and I know Everton were never title contenders but there was that shout and it seems like as soon as they got to the top it just dropped right off because I don't know the spot I was on it's a change in yeah. mentality um, so if United can stay there for like a good few weeks and in the next five weeks six weeks you're still talking about United in the two points top or even if the top that's like a big credit to how far they've come. 
Yeah, I mean, normally in January, if if a team was, you know, middle of January, if they won, they went top, you'd be talking them as title contenders. But as we've said, you know, multiple times in this pod and the ones before, it's, it is a weird season. Um, and City and Liverpool are, are the favourites. This United side might have two players in it that have won um, a league title at United. So, like you say, we'll, we'll see when uh, when the games get into the, you know, 20 odds and 30 odds. If United are still there, then... Um, you know, we're saying it's cliche, but United have got to take it one game at a time. We've not been in this position since 2013. And like I say, different manager and probably about 25 of the 28 players were different as well. Yeah, so I wonder, I wonder like, when the last time United were top was. Maybe like Jose was top early on sometime. Um, like maybe in that season that we won it 100 points, maybe at the start of that season it was it could, top. It could be, yeah, but uh, <laughs> we finished second that season. It was never a title race. I think by January City were about... 14 points clear and then just kept that yeah. it, it was it was there. over when we beat you in I think it was start of December that that title reign but um, yeah. you, you know it, it set up really nicely to um, to go away at Anfield I mean it's been ages I think Premier League always had them massive games didn't it them like Chelsea Arsenal United Arsenal United Chelsea it was, they were usually them three teams and it was like proper tightly siding games and mm. I can't think of I was City Liverpool two years ago when we beat them two one, but even then we were still ten points behind at the time. Yeah. There hasn't been one for ages, I don't think. No, no, there hasn't. There's usually been a team that's kind of ran away with it. So a title race is nice, despite you know the uh, the circumstances. But United for me right now aren't title contenders. I know a lot of United fans tongue in cheek are saying twenty one is coming and all things like that. And fair enough. I mean, the best part about football is getting carried away and supporting your team, but. In the cold light of day, it's 16 games into a Premier League season. And despite us maybe going top after this Burnley game or, you know, whatever, going into the, the game at Anfield next week and the week after, which is interesting. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll see where we are in, you know, 10, 10 game weeks time. And like Jim said, if United are up there, then you've got to... And like I said, for anybody, not just United, I said it at the start of the season, that this season will be... If anybody can put a run together in the second half of the season, similar to what United did last season to get third, they will probably win the title. But Cook, another team that maybe with the amount of money that was spent in the summer would have been deemed as title contenders. I'm not saying they're not now because it is so tight in those positions that two bad results could see you drop from second <coughs> to eighth. How do you feel about Chelsea's uh, first 15, 16 games of this season and the stick that, that Lampard is, uh, is getting in recent weeks? I think it's, I think from a lot of people from the outside looking in, see the amount of money spent and then obviously expect instant results. And obviously with Abramovich's track record, I could see why they did think that. But I think this just feels different, this managerial appointment. Obviously, we used, we've used the kids like the academy is heavily used. And I think long term, he is like he's setting him up to be the coach for a while. There's been reports today come out that. Avram Grant's going to be added to his background staff for some reason. Abram, apparently Abramovich has like, headhunted him. He's got in contact with him about it. And I don't think that they'd be doing that if they was thinking about sacking him. I think they are building him up for a project. And obviously you make seven signings, you spend that amount of money. It's not going to happen overnight. Anyone knows that. And you've got players coming from here, there and everywhere. It takes time to settle, especially to the Prem because it's the best league in the world. And, it's sometimes it does click obviously the top top players are going to take a while the young the new to the league 
like Havertz is 21. We we do have a young, inexperienced team. And I, I just think, give us, give us time. I think if we were to win the title this year, it would be... It would have to be a, a fluke almost. Not not that we wouldn't deserve it, but like you said, a team that looks like they can put a bit of a run together, get some momentum going, looks like they can probably they can probably nick it. All mm-hmm. it takes is a couple of bad results and yeah. the teams around you picking up a couple of big ones here, there and everywhere. Anyone can beat anyone, as we know, obviously in this league. So I don't know about you guys, but I, I wasn't thinking he was going to get sacked uh, when we obviously had the result against City, I think we were just purely outclassed on the day. I think they were excellent. Uh, according yeah. to a lot of people, it was their best performance of the season. Um, yeah. I don't know, uh, Jim said before, but I, I don't know. I just think I think he's all right. I think I'm, I wasn't thinking he was going to get sacked because it is a process. Yeah, I mean, I um, I understand Chelsea's position. I think it's pretty similar to United. There are some differences. Uh, in there as well Um, and I think Lampard should be kept Uh, the only reason I thought he might be sacked is because we know how Abramovich is and has been in the past that he is heartless Um, but like you said it it was a lot of money and people will use that as a a stick to beat Lampard with but on the flip side of that when you spend so much money and bring so many players in uh, it will take time um, for it to bed in and obviously Havertz and Werner have come in and they've struggled a little bit and got a bit of stick. Um, but I think that's that's kind of normal. We've seen it before where players have come in and struggled and then, you know, a year later, they, they, they light things up. And whether yeah. or not they do that, I don't know. But I do think Lampard deserves a bit more time. He's only had, what, six months with the players that he signed last summer. Um, I think, you know, there is, there is something in, in sticking by managers um, because chopping and changing doesn't really benefit him. And you don't think they have in the past and succeeded with, you know, a few title wins and stuff like that. Um, but I do think for this squad and for Chelsea right now, similar to United, I don't think there's many people better for the job than than Lampard. For me, I don't. And that might sound that might sound mad, but six weeks ago people were calling for Ollie's head, and I was asked would I take Pochettino, and my answer was no, stick by him. So. And we know how tight it is at the top of the table. In six weeks, Chelsea could be talking about a title charge. It is that tight. Yeah. So for me, I'd, 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 I would stick with him until, similar to Ollie again, I know I keep drawing similarities, until the summer, I would then look at the progress, see where we're going. Can Lampard take us any further? No, get somebody in. Yes, you know, we've seen positives this season. Let's crack on again. Yeah, I think that the, the people who are most asked about or think that there's a sacking coming, uh, the people that aren't close to the, the team, really. Like I said before, it feels different. The atmosphere feels different. Uh, the the backroom staff is are all basically ex-players now. Abramovich is like, picking these. Uh, like Czech, for example, Michael Balak's coming on the board, apparently, as well. So, it, it, it like I said, I hate to reiterate it, but it does feel different. And I think if we finish in the top four again this season with a decent run in the Champions League and potentially, let's say, an FA Cup, I think that would be considered, a, a, again, a good season for Chelsea, winning a cup. And I think you sign a Declan Rice and address a centre-back situation as well, then the following year we could be a real powerhouse. What do you think about that, Jim? I'm not as optimistic as you are about Chelsea's season. I, still, I think you finished top four, it'd be a bad season. Just because you spent so much money and... The, the team should be doing with the season as as it is. 
I don't know. I'm in, I'm in two minds because in, in, at one hand, I'm thinking so much overturn at a club and so many signings. I've seen it coming. And even my manager, like Lampard, he's not got the, the pedigree, the experience to do it. Um, well, he's, he's not proved he can do it anyway, should I say. So with all these new signings coming in, yeah, they're great players, but I was wary of it. And then on the other hand, I'm thinking you, you should be doing better. Um because I, I, th- I think the the thing I'd be scared about as a Chelsea fan or worried about, should I say, is the record against top 10 teams this season. <laughs> they did yeah. not beat a good side all year and we're halfway into the season now. And for me, that is worrying. I mean, the big, big games where a manager shows his, his class because, fine, you can go and beat teams like Leeds and Crystal Palace and stuff, but... At the end of the day, you could I could throw lads out there and they could beat them if they just do it on their own accord because the gap in quality is that much. So yeah. I would be worried about that. I think Lampard needs a big win and I think he needs it sooner rather than later. And I yeah. thought it would have come against City. That's why I was so surprised. But yeah, he caught City in a bad day. Yeah, I mean, obviously, but we, I think City caught Chelsea off guard that day, obviously playing KDB as the false nine and obviously him turning up big for them. But I think the thing, addressing the sign-ins again, I think... If we were to rate him really quick, Chilwell, very good signing. I would say probably our best defender this season. Um, Thiago Silva's brought a lot of experience, quick time. Uh, Mendy, he's assured to a point, although he, he has looked a bit wobbly of late. Uh, but, how, but Werner and Havertz, I feel like Havertz has been unlucky because he had COVID. Apparently he had it quite bad, uh, where he was bedridden for a couple of weeks. So... I, I just think week to week, Ziyech as well, I think he's done really well, but he's been injured. I think the longer, obviously, the more games we have, and obviously with Champions League and stuff coming up, the more they play together, the the better it's going to be. And I think if these players with this pedigree or this potential pedigree can click, I think they can they can hurt teams this year, definitely, with the amount yeah, of quality. Yeah, they can. Because, yeah, because of the quality. Got, I, I, I don't know. I watch girls worried by it. I just think Chilwell is brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> I wish he had Chilwell on the left. He's so good. He's been the best left back this season. Well, actually, no, because Robertson's pretty much been the Liverpool defence on his own. But either way, Chilwell's had, had a great year. And um, yeah, but he is he is that left hand side on his own. I wish Chelsea and he's you're so reliant on Chilwell. And for the amount of money you spent in attack, it seems like that's that's the issue. It's kind of similar to what City were the like the, a few weeks ago. It's kind of baffling to watch because you see all these players. And it's a tack where you're struggling. You just look, unless you're playing like a low block and uh, Giroud's playing up front against it, you don't look um, as fluid as I, as I would have hoped you would at this stage of the season. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think there is value in keeping Lampard only, like I say, to judge his progress at the end of the season because I think Chelsea will be there or thereabouts maybe because of who he is. Uh, Abramovich will cut in some slack. Um, you know, when we get to the end of the season, he'll be judged on a few different things. But I know I've, I've well, I wouldn't say praised him, but backed him a little bit. Um, but I do think that maybe Lampard lacks the tactical nous to get the players that Chelsea has spent so much on in the same team. And I do think sometimes he feels obliged to start certain players despite not being on form and others. You know, not not even being given a chance at all. I mean, I thought Hudson Odoi was Chelsea's best player against City, and he played like the last twenty minutes, and he saw what he can do. Uh, but yeah. he, he seemed to persist with shoehorning in certain players, and I don't think that pays off uh, in the long run. 
Yeah, he's, he's clearly not figured figured his team out yet, especially his attack. He's not and he's had a lot of injuries too, so it's it's tough to get a good run of games going. Um, Definitely, but yeah, but yeah, and and I have been impressed with, and I said this earlier on this season when he shut the teams. I think it was, was it Liverpool? No, it was United. He got a nil nil against them. Was it Spurs? Yeah, they got yeah. five or six clean sheets on the Yeah, it, and, and, and that's yeah, and I looked at that and I thought I didn't I didn't think Lampard could do that with Chelsea with um the amount of like changes they had in that back line, new keeper, new left back, new centre back. And I thought that is that's brilliant. But he does need a big win. And yeah. when you said about KDB going up front and it throwing him off guard, you kinda should be expecting a Chelsea manager to do something like that, like just surprise City do or surprise a big team. But I'm waiting for to see from Lampard, and yeah. it, it maybe it'll come. It just comes with time. Sticking with teams that can hurt teams when it suits. Arsenal are on a mini bit. Well, they're on a bit of a revival, aren't they? Stan, it looks like. Yeah, um, is it three league games in a row now? They've won, I think, and the uh, obviously the cup game against Newcastle the other day as well. So credit where it's due to Arteta. Um, he's had a bit of stick, me off uh, a lot of people, me included, but he seems to be turning it around. I mean, they are still in the bottom half of the table, seventeen league games into a season, which is why I would maybe call for his head more than somebody like uh, a Lampard who has finished top seat. Uh, top four in the season before and he's still you know within touching distance and has shown uh, a little bit more to to I know Arsenal have got a worse worse squad and things like that uh, and they've obviously suffered injuries with Aubameyang and Gabriel went out uh, and Thomas Partey as well um, but no yeah credit where it's due they've um, well they needed to get a few results because there were murmurs of Never mind United being um, title contenders 16 games into the season, Arsenal being uh, relegation candidates uh, 15 games into the season. So um, there were three big wins for them. Um, I think Chelsea kind of kick-started that, which kind of adds to Jim's point. We took about our Chelsea L. Against top, top 10 opposition, they kind of give Arsenal a peg up and they went on to win two more and get go through in the FA Cup. So... Fair play, yeah. Um, doing really well. Brought through uh, Emil Smith Rowe from from the academy, who I, I think looks really good, and has added that creative spark. Mm. Uh, they were missing, obviously. Saka, brilliant, and Martinelli, who I really rate, has come back from from injured again. Him. Injury. Did you see? This is, yeah, he got injured again. in the warm up the other day. Yeah, he, can't, can't, he can't catch a break at all, can he? Yeah, I do, yeah. I do rate him a lot, and they've got obviously Saka and Smith Rowe, and, and uh, I thought I think Kieran Tierney's been really good over the last few weeks as well. So, simply Gabriel and Party. Yeah, we'll I've seen people saying got. weird stuff about well, not weird stuff, but people like Tierney saying that he's like a future Arsenal captain and he's this, that, and that. Tierney's just kind of like a heart on his sleeve kind of kind of player. He's just like that Sunday league scrubber. He'll always, do you know what I mean? The one that'll just like literally run and run and run and run. But yeah. I can, I've seen someone say, if it, the old cliche, if Ozil had uh, Tierney's attitude, he would be Arsenal's best ever player. Shut the fuck up. I think it's that Scottish <laughs> attitude, isn't it? To be fair. Yeah. yeah. It's all that you deep fried Scottish... Mars bar lad in the yeah. fucking veins. You look, at, you, look, you look at the Scottish players in the Premier League and no matter what the... What the quality cal- calibre is? They've all they've all got that, aren't they? Like McGinn's a fighter, McTominay's a fighter, Robertson's <gasps> Billy, a fighter. Scotty all, too, Otty. They're all shit houses when you're not playing against them. But I mean, Class. you love one on your side, and yeah. he, he sometimes they vital. Yeah. Sometimes they make the best captains as well. It doesn't always need to be the best player. It can be the one that leads by example. Even if, like Jim says, they're not the best ability wise. 
if you yeah. look at them and you know they're going to give 100% whatever happens. Sometimes they do make the best captains, so there might be something in that. But I do think he's picked his game up. Um, and yeah, Arsenal just look, every single player looks to have picked the game up 20, 30%. And right now it's looking looking rosy, even though they're still sat 11, 17 games in. Yeah, so I, think, we'll, I, I think yeah. what's happened at Arsenal, like, is they, they had, they had Tierney and Saka on the left, and they were probably both two, Arsenal were playing awful, but if you was looking at like two good players from that side who were trying to keep the head held high, it was them two, and he's put Saka on the right, so he, he's basically, he simply just shared his, his players um, on either side, and now they look miles better. Saka for me is, has been so good. Oh, he is. He's, he's got to be a heavy favourite for a young player of the year at this point. I mean, he can play in about 10 positions and he still looks like one of the best players on the pitch. <clears throat> he's going playing on the right, yeah. right side of the field now and he's left footed and he's still so good. And I think what Arteta has done well is he, he's not necessarily played the best players on paper. He's played your players like Smith Rose, played himself into the team, like Sakharaz and yeah. Martinelli. I mean, if he can get them free behind. Abemiang or Lacazette. Even Lacazette, he's not usually starting and the last few weeks he's been scoring so he's been rewarded with starts. And yeah. yeah, I think he's done well in that regard. I like what he's done that he's he's changed it up, obviously. He famously went with Eddie and Ketia initially this season. Obviously, Reese Nelson. Um, I'm missing someone out. But he's he's brought in, like we said, Smith Rowe. Scored a great goal in the FA Cup the other day. don't know if you saw it, but it was a great finish from him. And like Jim said, Saka, excellent. The only thing about Saka, Stan, and I hope this is this doesn't really happen, I hope the fact that he's so versatile doesn't get abused and it it, it worsens him as a player as, as a result. Obviously, he can play left-back, wing-back, left-right. Yeah. He's very versatile. Yeah, no, I think he's, like Jim said, he is the pick of the bunch. I think he's too good to not end up nailing down a, a position in the long run. I mean... You see a lot of young kids come through and they play a few different positions for, for various reasons, you know, maybe to fill holes in, in the 11 or maybe just to give them the experience of, of playing in different positions and different roles. But like Jim said, again, he seems to have uh, found his proper position on that right-hand side, replacing the £72 million sign in Nicholas Pepe. So, I think what Saka's going to have to do in the future, I'll predict what Saka's going to have to do in the future if because Arsenal, they're Arsenal, aren't they? They're always going to be shit. Like, let's just face it. Saka's going to have to decide whether he wants to be Arsenal's best player and just play oh. in a various positions, or if he wanted to go to a, a better team who's going to win something. Like, say for example, Liverpool, and he's not. He's he's going to be like, realistically, at Liverpool, he would not be one of the stars, but he'd, he'd just be a very good player, like a win album, like a very good player. Yeah, and he's going to have to. I think he's going to make that. Decision in the future. Yeah, yeah we'll another uh, another attacking addition for England as well. So let's hope he's on that plane. But moving from London to the Midlands to West Bromwich, Stan, we've we've had him back. He's come back, Big Sam. Finally, he's come back in 2021. Big Sam Allardyce is back in the Premier League yeah. with West Brom. He's back. Um, Mr. Brexit himself then complaining that um, Brexit stopped him from signing a few players in, in January already um, I think it's his eighth Premier League club never been relegated good omen for West Brom um, yeah it's, it's, good to, it's good to see it's good to see him back especially when he's holding uh, Liverpool to one one draws at Anfield 
Um, I know, what a result. Um, <laughs> and then he goes on to concede, what was it, like eight eight or nine goals across two games. Yeah, 5-0 and 4-0. Leeds and Arsenal, was it? Leeds and Arsenal, yeah. yeah so, um, And then you wonder why he's calling for, it, for a break. I think he wants to get those lads in the training ground for, for a month, uh, practicing, you know, two banks of four and get your head on those set pieces. Yeah. It would be quite funny if, to just keep his, uh, his his record of never being relegated. He just like left like two games to go. <laughs> <laughs> Similar to England the, job. Yeah, all, all the all the rock bottom and uh, well, maybe not rock bottom with Sheffield. Um, but you know, hey, the winning. That's yeah. time recording. The winning. He decided to void the season about thirty-five games into it. I mean, either way, he'll be happy, I'm sure. Because he's in trouble. Him. Yeah. <laughs> he's in trouble. Yeah. The, the, what, do we think, just, what do we think, Jim? Eight points, West Brom. Oh, they're going down. Lads. They're going down. I don't know if Big Sam's going down with more. He's, he's just jumping off the ship. I think he jumps me myself. <laughs> I think he's a jump. He'll, he's a jumper, Big Sam. Maybe the Good first time he jumps in his life, but he's got to jump. Yeah, and Nigel Pearson at uh, the end of the season when Watford were going down, he jumped with about two games left. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. you, you've got it. Just take the L. You took on a bad job there. It's to yeah, keep a clean sleep. It's to keep that clean CV. You've got to never been, never been relegated. Never been relegated. That's the only thing he's clinging on to, though, because everyone knows he's shit. That's the thing. <laughs> everyone knows he's he's not a good manager, but he just has that record, doesn't he? So teams like West Brom who wobble a bit, and I don't know why they wobbled. They just got a one all at City, I think, and then they sat him and. They just thought, oh, he'll get Big Sam and be all right he's never been relegated. But then once he has been relegated, what's he got to fall back on then, Big Sam, really? Yeah, nothing. He'll probably retire or take a job in the MLS or something. Put your feet up, Stan. I mean, you can't go to Miami. Phil Neville's got that post, but I'm sure there'll be a job knocking about somewhere. <laughs> I wonder yeah. if Phil Neville got that job. I don't wonder if he's anything to yeah. David Beckham. <laughs> to be fair, lad, no, no, it won't have because I sent it on Indeed, so... I think he's supply like everybody else. Yeah, it's not what you know. That's all I'll say. It's definitely not with Phil Neville because if there's a fucking nah. manager worse than come on, they wouldn't do that. They wouldn't do that. They'd do it fairly. They'd look at everyone's CV. Yeah, they wouldn't like do that. Clean, not dodgy. Yeah, a clean game. <laughs> but we'll move over to. I hate to say it, another relegation candidate in Burnley. The Clarets have been taking over for two hundred million pounds over the course of Christmas and New Year. They've not spent a penny in the January window at time of recording. But Stan, do you think Burnley need a few heads in the door before the window's up to potentially sew up a few few holes in the defence? Obviously, Mee's been injured a couple of times this season. They've struggled. Tarkovsky the same. Maybe they need a defender. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've spoken on it previously with, with uh, Sheffield United as well. I think they just need something new in the squad, maybe to give them a, a bit of a boost. Uh, so, yeah, getting a few new faces in January would be would be good for them. Uh, the goals seem to have dried up with Woods and Barnes a little bit, so maybe another forward from somewhere. Um, and, you know, I mean, I'm sure they'll be... English speaking, should we say? I know they have Chris Wood, who's a, a New Zealander. Yeah, probably very happy. That he's in probably uh, very happy that he's in England because obviously nothing's happening over in New Zealand. They don't have to wear face masks. No, um, he, 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 he could be in New Zealand, but he's in Burnley. He's in Burnley. I know. <laughs> I'll tell you that. <laughs> I'll, I'll, 
I could that be, is heavy. I'd leave. Fuck that. I'd leave. So poetic. He could be at festivals and chilling. What I mean, playing, uh, yeah. you know, ring of with his mates and so on. And he's uh, he's at Turf Moor. From but anyway, no, they are. Burnley will be all right. Um, you know, they've got the players that have been down there before and they, they always manage to, you know, finish pretty comfortably outside the relegations zone most seasons by, by the time it gets to the end of it. And I think they've only lost one of the last five or six league games. So they, they have picked up. Yeah, they're play, uh, playing well. Since, yeah, they, since so, they battered them, they've got some good results, I think. Yeah, yeah I, think, I think... Two games in hand as well. One of the last five or six, I think, they, they've lost, so... The big picking up, picking up the points finally, and I do think yeah, they'll uh, they'll be fine by the end of the season. They definitely yeah. need like an injection of money into the though because I don't know what do you reckon like what Burnley like they just cling on don't they every season and it is brilliant how they do it and Dice is such a good manager I think because yeah. his team is crap. <laughs> but would would you rather just cling on every year and get like I don't know how many wins, how many wins do they get a season like seven or eight I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, probably. Oh, would, would you rather okay. that, or would you rather be like a top championship side? What would you rather you see, see your side do? Um, I mean, if you're a fan, probably batter teams in the championship every week. But if you're the owners, you probably want to be getting that Premier yeah. League money. So, um, so it's, because it's, it's, it's one of them, isn't it? I mean, you'd probably rather be in the top. But like you say, uh, winning seven or eight games a season and, and watching your team play four yeah. four two and go for the long ball and set pieces every week. But well, then again, maybe if you live in Burnley, maybe it's fucking really exciting to watch that. I can imagine the season can be a bit of a drag sometimes when you go through them spells. And winning the championship might be like great and all, but I suppose in the Premier League, you've always got that chance, haven't you, of like, them yeah. big results and the just getting one over on a big side. Yeah. But I, I don't know. <laughs> it's just, it just baffles. I just wonder what it'd be like to support Burnley. Maybe we'll see a Robbie Blake return, Stan. From many moons ago, that volley. Yeah, that we don't remember. Um, I can't remember who else ever played for Burnley. Graham Alexander at right back, the inventor of the telephone. Nice. Yeah. What was his name? <laughs> in in <laughs> longer. He used plant wing for Burnley. Oh, oh no, what? Chris Boyd. Oh George, no, not Chris George Boyd. He's bald. <laughs> Georgie Boyd. Yeah. I remember George Boyd scored a great volley against City, and I think they got George's it. George. Yeah, Phil Bardsley's still there. So they, they have got some really good, uh, proper cream of the crop English players. At. If not, they've got a team full of defaults. Yeah, they are. Yeah. To admit. Yeah. The problem yeah. is, it, it's looking more and more like a championship team every year. So hopefully this takeover, they, they address what they need. Obviously, they've got a great goalkeeper in Nick Pope. And we'll, it'll be interesting to see how long he sticks around for, given um, his pedigree. Most importantly, maybe we'll answer the... Stupid question that most fifty-year-old white blokes ask in the uh, in the pub, where they say, "Could Guardiola do Sean Dyche's job at Burnley?" Could Mourinho? What what about Dyche? Do you reckon he could win the league with City if he had Guardiola's? I guess we're about to find out. Mm. Let's see who he buys. I reckon Andy Carroll is probably high up there on his shortlist. Maybe. Maybe maybe just go for quantity, quantity, and not quality. Just like no quality, just like loads of players. Just search, yeah. just search free transfers, Smith. loans, not even spending it. Just search Smith on the scout system and buy as many Smiths as they fucking can. Just see who's who used to play for Stoke or Sunderland in the Premier League <laughs> and get well, them. Well, they've got buys. Eric Peters. Yeah, I've got Eric Peters. That starting. Literally, that's all he bought. He'll buy. Uh, honestly, he'll buy McGeady. Basley was at Sunderland as well, wasn't he? Or was he not? But all the players yeah. I've seen, all, everyone they buy, you play for some Blundell Stoke, guaranteed. 
<laughs> my fact. Robbie Brady was at Hull. I mean, they, they do. They, they pick the right ones out. <laughs> I don't know. They go for players that have no, like, ceiling. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, none of them are going to be, like, a superstar. Like, unlimited yeah. potential, do you mean? Yeah, like, they, they've all got, like, the safe, haven't they? You know what you get with them? Yeah, yeah. well, bread and butter, it's what Sean Dyche likes. It is. It's like going what to an Indian and getting a tikka masala every single time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it is. What you want to say is, Jim, they're all half shit. That's really what you I want to say. I want to say they need a fucking madras and see what happens. But they're also half good. Yeah, maybe they, they need. Maybe it's like they West did. Ham. They need that Dimitri Payet to come they in. They need to go and sign someone random, like, I don't know. Ben Arthur. Arthur to Burnley. I said it here first. Make it yeah, happen. Like that. Like From Bordeaux to Burnley, make it happen. <laughs> Welcome back, listeners. I know we've been we've been away. We've had some time off, but we're going to try and jump back on that betting horse. Jump back on that that horse at Cheltenham, and I've got a twenty-three and a half to one here betting with most bookmakers. So the better the week for this weekend is. Wolves to beat West Bromwich Albion, piling on the misery for Big Sam in the process. He'll have to get himself a kebab from the chippy that night to console himself. Leeds to beat Brighton at home. Chelsea to win to nil away at Fulham. The game's been moved from Friday to Saturday. And the last one, Leicester, both teams to score, result at home to Southampton. So just to recap, Wolves to beat West Brom, Leeds to beat Brighton, Chelsea to win to nil away at Fulham, and Leicester, both teams to score, result at home to Southampton. And Stan, if they've got any sense, what can they do with that? They can shove it up the rackers. Okay, guys, as we wind down episode 90 and our return in our first podcast of 2021, first of many, we look to be more consistent. I know we've had a bit of a break, but, you know, it's been a tough year. We've had a Christmas and a New Year, so, you know, we needed a bit of recharge the old batteries, didn't we, Lou? Um, we did. So, so we're back now and, you know, we'll be back active on the socials more. We haven't been on them in a while. And you can find them on Twitter and Instagram. It's the same. It's at Cookie Podcast, followed by the number one. That's at Cookie Podcast One, um, and then we'll also be all into YouTube. We've not done that in a while, but we'll get back and hopefully we can uh, make it to episode hundred, being a bit more consistent. And that should be a special episode in the in the weeks to come. And yeah, Lou, you'll talk us more about our domain. Yeah, so obviously we are linked to a domain which is Anchor FM. You can find that in our bio on Instagram if you need that. So that's basically, if you don't have Spotify or Apple podcasts, you can listen to the podcast there. Obviously you're listening to it now, but if you want to recommend it to someone who perhaps doesn't have any of those accounts, you can get it through the anchor FM link through the socials. And also you can listen to us like previously noted Spotify, Apple podcasts, anchor FM, YouTube, and we're potentially getting something in the works to sort something out with IGTV on Instagram as well, and potentially Reels, so keep your eyes peeled for that. It's been episode 90, Stan's gone to watch the United game, we can't blame him, but come on you clarets, eh Jim? Yeah, they'll get the job done tonight, and then they'll sign a Brazilian in January, and be new side. It'll be Diego Costa, Diego Costa in January for Daishi. He'll be at Turf Moor tonight with his sunglasses on, seeing Woody in action with Scott Arfield. And I'll have a Woody when they score, just saying. Hey!
<laughs> Very nice, Jim. It's been episode 90 of That's the Way the Cookie Crumbles, and it's been good to be back, baby. Bye.